Hey everyone, live from New York City, I'm Jay Dombeck and this is Sports In Depth. Hey folks, JD back in action, recording here on Monday. I want to walk us through the first two games of the NBA Finals. Two different results, two completely different ball games. I wanted to start with the Boston Celtics. For them to win game one, 120 to 108 was absolutely phenomenal. Especially them going into the fourth quarter down 12 and they end up winning by 12. I mean, just absolutely big time. I wanted to talk about the role players who stepped up. Uh, Game one for the Boston Celtics, Al Horford playing 33 minutes in game one, 9 for 12 from the field, 6 for 8 from beyond the perimeter with 26 points in the ballgame. I wanted to talk about what Derek White did off the bench, 32 minutes, 6 for 11 from the field, 5 for 8 from downtown with 21 points. And how about Marcus Smart in 30 minutes played, 7 for 11 from the field, 4 for 7 from downtown with 18 in the ball game. We know Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are the two-headed monster, but in order for Boston to win game one, they needed the role players because Jason Tatum simply did not show up. 3 for 17 from the field in game one, 1 for 5 from downtown. He did have 13 dimes, so he was looking for his teammates, but only 12 points is not going to cut it for Boston if they are going to go on and get an NBA championship. Jalen Brown played okay, 24 points, but from the field, 10 for 23, 2 for 8 from downtown. He's got to be better as well as the series unfolds. But I really, really must say, I mean, the role players need to step up against a powerhouse like the Golden State Warriors, a team who's been to now six finals and have won three since 2015. I mean, it's just remarkable what they've done over the years and now getting into what they did in game one. I simply feel that Steph Curry needed more help down the stretch. He did have 34 points in the ball game, but he had a stellar first quarter. Then the other three quarters were human-like. Let's talk about Clay Thompson. For him to be playing 39 minutes in game one and only having 15 points, 6 for 14 from the field, 3 for 7 from beyond the arc, he must. And points we know he's going to sit between 15 and 20 with his new role here in this Warriors system post-injury, but he's got to be more efficient from the field. We've talked about that in other games this postseason. Clay has got to show up, and his shot selection must improve. He doesn't need to jack it up early in the shot clock. I also feel that he's better coming off screens and putting it up, opposed to creating his own and putting a basketball on the deck. Clay's got to play to his strengths, and we as NBA savants and fans out here know the role he needs to play in order for the Golden State Warriors to be successful. We've seen it in the past. Draymond Green had an awful game one. 2 for 12 from the field, 0 for 4 from downtown with only 4 points. If he's going to shoot 12 shots, he must be hitting 5 or 6 of them. You know, the offense needs to flow through other guys if Dre is simply not knocking down his shots 
We don't like Dre shooting too much from the perimeter, but if he's able to clean up, make layups and dunks, and uh, able to beat his man to the hole once in a while, that's what they need out of Draymond Green. His energy and effort on the defensive side of the basketball is what he's there for. They have enough scorers, but if he's going to shoot the basketball 12 times, once again, it can't be two for 12, folks. It cannot be two for 12. I think Wiggs playing pretty well in game one, eight for 15 from the field with 20 points. The story was Jordan Poole didn't really show up off the bench like he was in game two. Uh, first game of this series, just nine points, one for five from deep, two for seven from the field. And I think JP's got to shoot a little more. You know, they like his spark off the bench. They want him to shoot the deep ball as well as get to the hole and finish with that jelly around the rim. I simply feel if Clay's off, JP can't also be off with Draymond Green being inefficient as well. Curry needs more help. And he got that in game two. I want to transition over to game two because it was a great basketball game in my opinion. I wanted to talk about the fact that it was a low scoring affair. 107 Warriors, 88 Beantown. Warriors just did just enough. And I felt... The Celtics, we're going to talk about this. In game one, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, and Derek White had outstanding games. What'd they do in game two? Al Horford, two points. Marcus Smart, two points. Derek White, 12 points. He was okay, but not the stellar performance in game one from these three role guys. Uh, Jason Tatum played pretty well offensively. He was better from deep. Then from the field, 6-for-9 from downtown, 8-for-19 from the field. He had 28 points in the ballgame. Jason Tatum was turning the basketball over, and he cannot do that if Boston's going to win this series. Um, he's got to be way better at home, taking care of the basketball in Game 3 and Game 4 in particular. Jalen Brown started off hot, in my opinion, but once again, 5 for 17 from the field, 3 for 9 from downtown. He must be better as well. Robert Williams didn't play much. We'll see what his injury looks like. Uh, Grant Williams, not too much production off the bench. Pritchard as well, not too much production. For the Celtics, they only have 88 points in the ball game. Only a few guys shot the ball well. They need more than that if they are going to advance and get their NBA championship. Let's talk about the Warriors' side. Let's talk about Draymond Green getting in the grill of numerous Celtic players. He got a tee early. Some people might have felt he should have got thrown out in his ball game uh, with that interaction between Jalen Brown and Draymond Green getting in the grill of one another. He was exchanging words with Grant Williams. He was exchanging words with Marcus Smart. Dre. He almost goes overboard at times, in my opinion, folks. But the rest of the Warriors, players and coaching staff, feel that his energy is needed. Feel that's what he brings to the game and to our defense. Um, we talk about, on the offensive side of the ball, Steph Curry being the quarterback of that offense and leading the team in scoring and shots taken. But Draymond Green, his responsibilities on the defensive end of the floor, bringing that energy, bringing that toughness, we saw the game start with a jump ball between Al Horford and Draymond Green. Um, just being aggressive without fouling. And Dre does a really good job with that. Yes, he runs his mouth. I know my Uncle Paul ain't cool with that. Shaq and Chuck call him Mr. Triple Single. But 
offense isn't his thing. You know, if he can get some guys open on the offensive end, but defense, help defense, you know, talking, a voice defensively is so important. You know, everyone talking, helping out each other is really what the Golden State Warriors defense has been about since the year 2015. Um, and now we're in 2022. They're still playing aggressive D. And on the offensive side, just sharing the basketball, they are a joy to watch. Steph talks about it all the time. It is so fun to play for the Warriors because best shot available. He jokes that sometimes he's going to come across half court, take a few dribbles, and jack that thing up from 35, 40 feet. But when everyone's touching the ball around the perimeter, when every person on the floor is getting involved is when they're most successful. I really, really wanted to credit Jordan Poole off the bench in game two with 17, knocking down the three ball with ease. Clay Thompson, though, I'm going to focus on this real quick. Clay was four for 19 from the field in game two, one for eight from downtown. He must be better. C.J. McCollum talked about it on first take. J.J. Redick and Stephen A. touched upon it as well. In order for the Warriors to win this series, Clay has to be better. Uh, we know Clay played awful in Game 2, and Warriors were still able to blow out Boston. But in Boston's going to be a whole different situation. I want to see him more efficient. I talked about earlier on this show, I want to see less dribbles, him coming off stagger screens. Him curling and going to the basket. We know post-injury, post-two injuries, actually. He's not going to be as explosive taking it to the rim because he's got it in the back of his head. If he lands awkwardly or wrong, his career could be over. But from three-point land, him getting to the elbow and taking shots, I want to see him better. Clay will be better. He's that type of player and that type of scorer. But first two games, it hasn't been clicking. And for him to even take a step backwards game one to game two is a big deal in my opinion. The Warriors got some production from Loon, Wig, Green. I thought Bialika was awesome off the bench. I know only 11 minutes, but efficient three for four from the field. And yeah, I mean, Otto Porter came in, knocked down a three. Uh, it was good to see GP2 back out there, three for three from the field, knocked down that corner three. He's been through a lot. You know, he was injured in that Memphis series, and he brings a spark to this offense and this defense for Golden State, and it was great to see him out there. The fans in San Francisco were absolutely going wild when Gary Payton II entered the ball game. His father was pumped for him, talking on NBA TV with Shaq, Grant Hill, and them boys. It's it's just awesome. I mean, the kid's great. He's bounced around the league a little bit, but found a home here in Golden State. When you find a home, you tackle that opportunity, and you give it everything you got. And that's what Gary Payton II is all about, and he learned that from his daddy. Talking about games going forward, we know that the Celtics' goal was just to get one of games one and two to steal back home court, but the Warriors are so capable of winning on the road, folks. We know, you know, Steph Curry's going to shoot that thing no matter if he's in San Francisco Boston or Jamaica, he's going to be knocking it down. So, yes, he's going to need some help from that supporting cast. I think JP and Wig are going to have to play the way they play. Draymond Green, bring that energy defensively, and if he's going to shoot, shoot efficiently from the field. But Clay Thompson, we focused on it. I think, no, it doesn't have to be Clay of old where he's got to have 25 points. But if he can sit between that 17 to 20 point range, 
they are going to be just fine, especially the way Steph's been playing and the way JP and Wig and those guys contribute. They are a deep team. They play a lot of guys. Uh, the Celtics, we know they're going to come out firing early. We know that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown actually have been better on the road, especially in that Miami series. So at home, they got to lock in defensively. They got to play without fouling. And they have to not turn the ball over. I think Boston forces at times, you know. They're trying to pull a Magic Johnson-type pass. No, just play your game. Pass it around the perimeter. Drive to the hole. Drive and kick. Set screens. Best shot available. They do not need to get carried away with threading the needle with these passes. Marcus Smart's responsible for that as well. He tries to do a lot. And really, the little things are going to get them to the promised land. I really, really do think so. I think production off the bench is going to be big. I think Peyton Pritchard and Grant Williams got to come in and knock down some threes. Um, I think that's going to be huge. Uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they're going to go and get theirs, in my opinion, in Game 3 and Game 4. It's going to be if Al Horford can step up. I think Al was out of the game completely in Game 2, right from the jump. Draymond Green got a hold of that basketball, and he was uncomfortable ever since. I feel in basketball. I feel in sports. You got to get off to the right start. If you don't, it could take away your mojo. Your head can be somewhere else. And Al Horford was turning the ball over as well. Man, I think they got to play better. I mean, Marcus Smart, too. When it's not going from deep for him, he has a tough time getting into that offensive spirit. I think he is also capable of taking guys to the rim and finishing around the cup. I think Marcus Smart can contribute in other ways besides jacking up that three ball. So I think it's going to be a long series. Once again, I stick to my prediction of last week, Golden State Warriors in seven games. I think the experience down the stretch, I think Draymond Green getting in the head of a lot of young Celtic players is going to be key as well. Uh, I always say Dre's bugging, but that's the way he plays. I also feel that the moment is going to be pretty big, and we'll see if these Celtics can rise to the occasion once again. Steph, Clay, Dre, some of these boys have been there before. That comes into play. Uh, we know, you know, rookies and guys in the league for two, three years are going to step up, but are they going to step up when it matters most? in the fourth quarter with two minutes left in the ball game. Who's taking the last shot? Warriors are very comfortable in that seat, and I may repeat that. Uh, the Celtics, let's see. Very well-coached group. I like the effort and intensity they came out with in game one to get it done and showed no quit and came back in the fourth. In game two, they got punched in the mouth early and never recovered. We got a heck of a series still left. And I cannot wait for Wednesday, Game 3 in Boston. Who's going to take it? I say Warriors on the road. Give your predictions at JD Sports one on Twitter. Have a wonderful week. Stay positive, America. Love y'all. J.D. out.